What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Live Your Truth Now podcast. I'm Mike Ligori. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. And before I get into this week's conversation, if you haven't already, would love your support and giving us a follow on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. We really appreciate all the support. And now, with that being said, I'm excited to dive into this week's episode with Pia Leister. The conversation that Pia and I had was all about authentic brand building. It was all about creativity and it was all about how to deal with people who may not agree with you when building your personal brand online. And the most important thing that I took away from this conversation that really struck me was how vital it is for anyone out there who's building a brand to make authenticity be at the core of what you're building. It is something that deeply in our society we need. People are craving authentic connection. They're craving authentic connections, especially to brands. And Pia helps you walk through exactly how to build an authentic brand in the digital age. And my favorite part of this conversation was Pia asked me a question that she said really helps people identify and define what they want to do in their life. So sit back and enjoy this conversation with the one and only Pia Leister. Pia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. And uh, the conversation we were having before we recorded was really great. I felt like I should have hit record before, (laughs) probably like 10 minutes before. We should have just like let that thing roll, really good B-roll. But I'm I'm glad we're jumping into it now. I want to kind of tee up this conversation really around authentic brand building. It's something you are passionate about. I've seen a lot of your content on Twitter. I resonate a lot with your messaging around starting within you, building something outward. You know, for for those out there that are joining us today about brands and about messaging, you know, I want to hear your thoughts about what you're seeing in the current landscape with entrepreneur entrepreneurs in brand building and messaging. What are you seeing out there that you feel like is a struggle? And what do you see like, what do you feel like is a, is a trend? What do you feel like is, is happening for us? Well, that's an interesting question. What am I seeing? I mean, there's another, there's a third leg I'm going to put on that. It's also what I'm seeing in my clients. So yeah. I'll, I'll touch on that too, because mm. they're also founders and visionaries yeah, building. Um, what am I seeing out there? I do see whether it's the rise of chat GPT or different AI tools, I am seeing sort of um, a desire for more authentic expression. And you can tell and feel someone's flavor because essentially vulnerability for me is what builds trust and connection. And it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable. I mean, we talk a lot about authenticity, but what does that even mean? It's become a buzzword. I almost don't want to use it anymore. I'm trying to find another word. And for me, it's kind of vulnerability because when you're vulnerable, not just for the sake of I don't know, sharing wounds, but sharing wounds in service of. So it's like this, this is something that I experienced and it shaped me and this is what it gave me. And this is what I'm trying to impart to you. Um, And I think there's, it takes so much courage and that's, that's such a gift to give because, you know, we all go through our, our shit, we all have our scrapes (laughs) and our bruises. Oh, we certainly do. And that's what, 
that's what also makes us who we are as, as well as all of the beauty. Um, we're, we're a combination of that. And I think as we build our business or our brands, people are looking to better understand, like, who are you? What do you stand for? How did you get here? What's your ethos? How do you go about building? And a lot of these kind of are rooted or anchored in your own personal experience. And at the end of the day, this is an old ad yeah. adage, but people, you know, don't, they don't necessarily buy ideas or projects they buy from people, you know, so it's someone that you connect with. So you can have like the best process program course in the world, but if someone doesn't feel connected to you, they are not going to buy it. Right. And it's not just about sales, but yes. it's, it's about be building meaningful connections. So I think, I think this is something that, um, I'm seeing more of a desire for out there. And I'm also seeing that really successful brands um, are, that's what they're they're doing. They're a part of sharing their own life experiences, the rubber meets road moments, um, the 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 scuffs and, and all of it in in service of yeah. in connection to their message. That's something. Yeah, that's interesting. And one thing you said, which was uh, I want to dive into a little bit is ethos. Yeah. And the importance of ethos when it comes to building something of significance for the individual. I think, and, and, and this observation comes from, and my question comes from the aspect of what I'm seeing also, which is that entrepreneurs, coaches, brands, individuals, solopreneurs, you name it, are getting very much caught up in this rat race of, I have to build this billion dollar company. I have to be a unicorn startup founder. I have to have something that's so significant that the world will remember me for all eternity. And I think people are getting so caught up in this, in that mess. And I call it a mess because so many people are just jumping in and trying to replicate and just be this person of significance because of this huge business. You mentioned ethos and the individual's ethos. How important is it for someone to have an ethos in their brand? Can I revert with a question? I know that's probably not not the way, but I, yes, I actually you can. have Absolutely, a question. Absolutely, please. So based on, because you just said something um, that that felt quite powerful. So I have a question for you. What do you think is driving that? Mm. I think it's people trying to find their own significance. And, they're, and we're, I think we're really big into labels right now. I think people want to have an identity and be known for something and be a part of a community or be part of this group here. We talked a little bit about before recording mm. tribalism and what's happening online is people are living in these small containers or these echo chambers and people are having these messages reinforced into them, which is shaping and forming their beliefs. And Outside of those echo chambers, I think people do feel mm -hmm. lost. I think people feel like that they don't know really who they are without that reinforcement mm -hmm. of the message. So what I find is, is that I think in business specifically, people are thinking a million dollars isn't what it used to be. Being a six-figure entrepreneur isn't what it used to be. I can't do six-figure years anymore. I have to do mm -hmm. six-figure months or I'm a failure. And it's also this world of ex extremes. I think people are seeing black and white a lot more. It's like you're either successful or you're not. You're either rich or you're not. And if you're not rich, you can't give advice. I think a lot of people are pouring mm -hmm. from empty cups. Yeah. That's my answer. It's a great... No, <laughs> thank you for sharing. Um, I, I think that that lands. And for me as well in that is, you know, there are different mm. things that are... Oper the operating system behind that is also... There's a lot of fear. Yeah. You know, fear of like 
and and the unknown. So fear of, am I going to make it? Am I making it? Am I validated? Is this right? Is this right for me? Am I going to survive? Am I going to be safe? You know, there's a lot of things that drive that, um, you know, more, more, more. Also our system. You know, we're, we're steeped, we're steeped in it. Yeah. We're steeped in this, this idea that it, there's always more you can do. There's always more money you can have that you can be your best self. I'm actually with that best self. Just be yourself. Just, just work on connecting to who you are. Don't worry about the best mm-hmm. part. It will follow. What if you're already your best self and your job is simply to be more you? That's it. You don't have to be other than mm-hmm. you. You just have yeah. to be more you. And to do that, you have to discover what's meaningful to you and what's fueling you. Mm-hmm. What stories are fueling you? Are they yours? Are they inherited? Are they generational? Are they your parents? Are they societies? Are they your, your tribes? Or are they yours? Are they your beliefs? You know, and, and what's really motivating yeah. you? And I think that's a lot of beautiful self-exploration that requires space. It's another one. Requires time, requires space. Space yeah. that in the world you just described, we don't give ourselves often, right? It's always big. You have to be busy. Busy is a badge of honor. And what is actually required to find the answers of what success looks like for me. What is my truth? Speaking of live your truth, as I look at that, (laughs) what's the kind of company I want to (laughs) build? What is meaningful in this life to me? What is a life well-lived? Hey, that requires space. That requires reflection. That requires stopping. Stop for a minute. Get off the ride. Trust that you'll be all right, that you can take a minute. I mean, what kind of life is it that we don't allow ourselves to stop because we're afraid we won't get back on again? I mean, you know, so so I think those are the things that come up as as I hear you speaking. And that's why for me and in what I do, I think there's so much power in combining coaching and creativity because like most of the time we're what gets in our way. (laughs) It's not something external and something internal. And so really getting curious about what really motivates you? What do you need right now? It's such a good question. Like, what do I need? How often do we stop to even ask ourselves that? What am I even building? What does it look like? Hmm. And then build the thing. (laughs) And maybe the thing that you might build looks very, very different than what you thought it would look like when you actually just stop to reflect on what's really meaningful to you then what you end up building is a palace and not a prison. Because if you build something in a, that's not true to you, that doesn't feel right, that's a re- replica of what other people are telling you success is. And if you're doing it in a way that burns you out, that makes you exhausted, where you don't get a chance to really enjoy the fucking life you have, then I'll call that a prison. And then you're teaching <laughs> yourself that, oh, yeah. I can only be successful if I build in this way. So there are lots of knots to untie. Like start building a palace first, like be the architect. What does a palace look like? right? And then how do you want to build? It's not Mm. only what you're building, but how do you want to be as you build? I think those are such important questions in order to live a fulfilling life. Because a lot of, I don't know what the stat is, Mike, and and maybe you do, but I don't, a lot of like millionaire, billionaires, people, they're not necessarily happy. They're not necessarily satisfied. It's not money. I know there's a stat out there that is really about um, the happiness of people when they make an income of like $100,000 yeah, doesn't go up. right. I remember that. 
at all. Like, or it's, there's no. no like significant rise to this. And I think, and I think something you said about the palace prison, this kind of duality where people feel like, you know, I, I want, I'm in this prison, but I want to build the palace, but I can't get out of the own, my own prison that I created for myself. You did say something about the fear of unknown that I wanted to unpack with you. And that fear of unknown to me is, is that, you know, this all sounds great in a lot of ways for a lot of people where they go into this mindset or they go into this reinvigoration or this inspiration that they have where they go, oh my God, this sounds so great. Like, yes, let's do it. Let's build this thing. But the fear of the unknown is so real with a lot of people when they're building something on their own terms, because what comes with that? For example, you see it on Twitter, your X, you see it on Instagram and other social media platforms where people put out content and messages that they feel resonate with them. And then they put it out there and then there's the mm-hmm. trolls, there's the critics, there's the judges. And when they get that, those messages start creating these feedback loops of, oh, what if that episode wasn't as good as I thought it was? Or maybe the quote card that I posted on Instagram wasn't that great or the tweet I just wrote wasn't as killer as I thought it was. In your work, how do you help clients entrepreneurs, your audience online, navigate the fear of the unknown in building their brand and building the thing that they want to build? That's a big question. And I have like two different avenues I can take to answer that. Um, yeah. Go wherever you, the, wherever feels good to you. Let's park the fear of the unknown. And then let's go to back to okay. like, what if I post that and I get judged or, you know, share the mm. thing and there's crickets. Yeah. The criticism. The criticism. Yeah, let's, go there. let's just go there for a minute. I think it's really important at times when you create to check your motivation. What, what motivates you to sh- create and share? And if it's connected to sort of your purpose, or if you prefer the w- word vision, or if it's connected to a sense of generosity or just play and experimentation and creativity, like I'm creating, yes, to build and to engage and to connect, but also connected to giving. And if it resonates with one person, hurrah. <laughs> like that's great. Yeah. If it if if because my intention is not to go viral. My intention is, you know, it depends what your intention is. What's your intention behind sharing? I think getting clear on why you create and why you share and making sure that's aligned with something that's really meaningful to you and not just out because outcome, yeah, we all look, we're humans. We love validation. But uh one easy way to to you know assure un- unhappiness and dissatisfaction is being overly attached to an outcome especially in creativity like just creating for the sake of art is 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 there's so much joy in that and then if you want to add like creating for building a business just creating with the idea that you're giving and sharing if one person is impacted, fantastic. If more, great. If no one, hey, at least you had the courage to put yourself out there in service of, rather than, this is what helps me actually, like coming on this this podcast, why am I here? I'm not here to show and prove. I'm not here to perform. Hopefully what I say resonates with one person. If not, hey, I'm courageously showing <laughs> up. I'm just, I'm showing up with the hopes that it it has an impact. 
And I think that kind of, that liberates, it's liberating. Then, and by the way, if you get trolled, that means you're, that's good. It means you're getting attention. That means you're resonating. It's a good thing. Yeah. It's like, it's hard to swallow, but you're being, you're building your capacity. You're building your capacity to be able to really speak what feels true to you without letting other people silence, edit, censor you, you know? So that's okay. You're going to have more. It comes with the territory. Yeah. The bigger you are, the more the more the critics and the more the cheerleaders. That's just how it goes. So anyway, that's my first like how do you deal with the fear of criticism? It's like, well, first check yourself. What what do you what's your motivation behind creating and sharing? I, I and one thing you said Pia that I love is the building the building capacity. Mm. And the, to add on to that, the, it's almost like the building of the capacity to navigate the tumultuous times that do happen to us when we build a business, we build a brand, we build something meaningful in that. It's the more critics, the more judges, the more people that are making comments about your looks or, you know, you don't know, you don't know what you're doing and all this invalidation that comes with those online platforms. I I think the building of the capacity to navigate the tumultuous times, the weather, to weather the storms, I think is so valuable for us Mm -hmm. today. Because I think it what it does is it, it it keeps us from being so expansive and like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do this, you know, and there's always there's always two sides to expansiveness and, and contraction, right? And the expansiveness is like everything's amazing. We're all connected. It's so cool, but that can give distraction, that can take you off the thing that you want to build, where you're trying to, you know, you you I'm sure you've seen this with entrepreneurs. There's there's entrepreneurs who are building one company, maybe two, and that's all they're doing. They're staying in their lane. And then there are entrepreneurs who are starting a business every other week. And they just love that that cycle. They're like the building aspect of this. Um, but I wanted to contribute to that because I thought it was so interesting that the, the more trolls you get, it's like you're building your capacity to navigate those tumultuous times. But please continue on, your, on the second aspect. No, thank you for sharing that because that... I- I also believe in, not even believe, practice like building your capacity is also your nervous system capacity. Yeah. So how do you regulate yourself? How do you regulate yourself when you get, you know, flight or fight or freeze mode gets activated? Um, and it's so important to do, to kind of develop tools that work for you. They're all different types of tools, whether it's um, hugging your dog or meditating or journaling or taking deep breaths or you know, sensing what's around you, getting deeper into presence and just learning how to build your capacity for being able to share and to receive and to create. Mm. And creativity, when it comes to public sharing, that's also a big capacity builder. So for some people, you might see someone who's super prolific and you're like, why are they, how how the hell did they be, how the hell are they able to publish all the time? And like, it's a newsletter a day, or I don't know how many podcasts. And They've built their capacity to get there. They might have been doing this for years. Maybe they started off with one post every month. Who knows? No one knows, you know? So it's just about loving your lane, staying in your lane, and understanding that it's all part of your your process. It's all part of your growth. That's where comparison can take us way off track. We have we don't see that back to authenticity. We don't see the behind the scenes. Yeah. We don't see often like what it took to get there. We just see the beautiful, polished, golden result. And that's problematic. Because it might have taken, who knows what, 10 years? I love those stories so much because they feel so real to me because they are. It's like, no, someone didn't 
just have a one hit wonder. There is work behind the curtains that went on. There were dark nights of the soul. There were trials and tribulations and joys and celebrations. It was a whole package. But we often don't hear about that in business, especially. Yeah. So, so yeah, capacity building important and also recognizing your own and that it's your own journey. And, you know, you never know what someone else has been building towards. A que- yeah, question about money, but go ahead. You, you had something. No, you know, no, no. You go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Money. 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 I want to say, I want to, yeah, I know. We all love money. And, you know, it doesn't matter. We all need money and we all love money. But um, something I wanted to unpack with you is being in this world as a consultant, especially with building brands and, and creativity, you know, the, the brand building is very much more art than science, right? There is a formula mm-hmm. to it, but it's a lot of feeling. It's a lot of trust. Um Recently, I saw a clip online about Steve Jobs talking about what brand was, and he boiled it down to trust. And after he had answered with trust, he said that Apple looks at their brand as a bank account. And so every buying and customer experience is a deposit or a withdrawal. And when somebody has a positive customer experience like this, the iPod, the iPhone is amazing. It's a deposit into the brand account. When someone has a bad buying experience, it's a withdrawal. And then they that means they're losing that. And they always mm-hmm. are thinking about how do we create a better buying experience? How do we create better products? And they're, they're mastering that. And I thought it was so beautifully articulated. And sure, I could go down the Steve Jobs rabbit hole. I can go down the Nike rabbit hole. Every single entrepreneur I've always encountered goes, building this brand is great, but what about the money? What about how do I build this brand if I'm not making the money that I want to make? Or what if I build this thing and it's so true to me and it's authentic and it feels good, but then I don't make the money that I want to make? How do you help people navigate the energy of money when it comes to brand building? Oh, that's another big question. These are good. You have some meaty questions. So um, <laughs> I always feel like I have to unpack your questions. I have to pull them apart. So so money... please. Yeah. Money is so interesting. So interesting that we just, we just made it up, right? It's a made up thing. Like we made it up, <laughs> like, especially as it was removed from the gold standard. It's just, you know, we just made it up. Anyway, um, I think money is, is a symbol. Money is a, is a symbol for something that, that we believe in. Money is a signal. Money Money is so fascinating. It's it's the the meaning that we give to money, the value that we put on money. Um, I ask myself this question. I ask my clients this question. I think it's a really good one. Like, if if you had ten million dollars, let's just say I wrote you a check, you got ten million dollars. It's in your pocket right now. What would you do differently, or what would you keep doing? It's such a good question because when you remove money out of the equation, we can get to some truth. Like what's really mean? What are you doing because it's very meaningful to you and your business? Or what are you doing because you think it's going to make you money? Nothing wrong with making money. I would just argue make money doing the thing you love. And maybe it might take longer to make that money. Maybe it won't. Who knows? But wouldn't you want to spend more time building what you love and maybe have it take a bit longer to hit the jackpot, whatever that looks like. Maybe that is the fucking jackpot. I don't know. You know, that's for each person to decide. Like what is, <laughs> what is money to you? What is success? Right. Like that's even, let's even forget about money. What does success mean to you? If it's, you think ahead to the end of your days, 
you're old and people are celebrating you. You're on a porch, you're looking out, your grandkids, your people, everyone's sending cards, people you don't even know. What are they thanking you for? What's, what is, what are you, what are you celebrating about your life? Like, what does it look like to you? What is success? And it's so interesting because I think a lot of us are sort of, I don't know if it's programming, but believe that once we have money, everything's okay. Everything's going to be all right. We're going to be happy. We've hit the mother load. It's great life. That's somewhere over the rainbow. When we get there, everything's going to be fantabulous. Doesn't that that's not been my experience in terms of what I've seen in the world, what I've experienced myself or with my clients. It's not just the money. It's what the money enables you to do. It's the feeling money gives you. That's usually what actually it's about behind any real goal. It's the feeling. Yeah. So what is the feeling that it gives you? For most people, it's the feeling of freedom. They feel free. Well, there's a lot of ways you can start doing things now without the 10 million that will make you feel free. It's just kind of disconnecting mm. some of those thoughts or those connections rather. Yeah. It's like the security aspect. It's like, and the money also sure. creates security too. Sure. It's a, it's a so feeling of safety. Yeah. Money creates back to fear and uncertainty. Money yeah. is the sense that, well, if I've made the money, then I must be successful. Then I must be safe. Then I must be secure. But the truth of the matter is <laughs> anything can happen at any moment. It's scary. The world, we're, we're on a rock <clears throat> spinning at a thousand miles per hour across one of 150 billion galaxies. Hey, I get it. It's fucking scary. <laughs> it really is. You know, when you think about it in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. Yeah. And of course, like whether it's routine, whether it's money, there's a desire to feel safe, to feel secure. But the truth is anything can happen at any time and you don't control that. I don't control that. Anything. The, the best thing, you can meet the love of your life, you know, in a library or you can have air conditioner drops on your head, whatever it is, it's anything. So the only thing you control is how you creatively respond to life. Hmm. That's it. Life will throw stuff at you. I love that. You yeah. get to choose how you respond to it. That's totally within your, 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 within your, your choice. That's within your, your agency as a creative being. You get to choose. So back to fear, it's like, I think one thing that really helps me is thinking of death in the universe. Like my mother passed away in 2021 suddenly, and that was such a, a big shock to the system. It was, of course, heartbreaking. Uh, one of the hardest, the, no, the hardest thing I've been through, but it was also a dose of courage, of heroic courage. And because it's a reminder that at one point in time, you're going to lose everything. Can't take anything with you. It's going to be gone. Everything. So what do you have to lose while you're here? Nothing, really. I mean, going for what you love, you have to lose time if you spend it just trying to amass money because you feel it's going to make you safe when you have a hidden expiration date. So those are things that help me when it comes to my clients Whenever they're connected, they're reconnected because it's already present. Whether you realize it or not, you're, you are living a form of, you're living your purpose. If you're being just who you are, you're living your purpose. Now, being able to I, reconnect and articulate that purpose is incredibly meaningful and gives you a lot of resilience and strength and courage because it's fulfilling. That doesn't mean it's easy, <laughs> but it's fulfilling and it feels like you're you're on the path. So that's I'll stop talking now. But that's that. Those are that's my thoughts. <laughs> no, that was no, that was great. I love that. 
I love that. No, I loved it. And um, a couple of things came to mind, which was, uh, I love this concept of the impermanence to life, where it's like everything comes to an end. There's, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing you really take with you when it's, when you're at the end of your life. And uh, something that I heard from a friend a couple years ago that really changed my perspective, especially when it comes to like a brand building aspect was, it's not that you have nothing to lose, but you have everything to gain. And when I shifted my mindset to that, I started noticing that there was more opportunities for abundance and there was more opportunities for cultivating creativity, relationships, uh, building companies, uh, working with the clients that I wanted to work with because I looked at it from the aspect of what do I have to gain from this? A new relationship, uh, profit and, and money to come in to grow the business, to share services. Like there were all these things that I saw from the business aspect, but also from the relationship aspect that was so important to me as well. You know, the the $10 million question I think is is so powerful. And I think it's really great because it does create this mm. nice illusion of safety. If I do have this money, what would I do with the rest of it? One thing that I find um, really fascinating that you said was about the creativity to respond to life. And you articulated dealing with your mother's death and accepting that, right? And grieving that and, and embracing that, but also using that as a means to be very present. Can you talk to me a little bit about when a client or somebody that you work with gets distracted or they start worrying or they start, you know, living in the past, I should have done this or I could have done that, or they're going into the future and they're going, well, what if this doesn't work out, Pia? What if, what if everything you're telling me right now is like absolute crap? It sucks. How do you bring them back to this present moment where, you know, the mystics will tell you this, spiritual gurus, and even the most successful people in the world will tell you that the present moment is where the the true aspect of creativity lives. How do you how do you bring these people back to not have these sleepless nights? Well, before I answer that question, I just want to say as a creative coach, I believe yeah. that people are naturally creative, resourceful, yeah. and whole. I don't give them answers, nor do I give them advice. I just guide them to their own answers. So they have to bring themselves back. Mm. I create, I hold the space and create the environment for it, but they bring themselves back. And often it's through awareness because you can't change what you're not aware of. It's just not possible. <laughs> it's just not. So first it's just about being aware. So if let's say those thoughts come through, it's like usually we all have, and actually it's not even usually, we all have inner saboteurs the judge, the critic, the perfectionist, they come in different shapes and forms. We developed them when we were children as coping mechanisms to keep us safe. And we're really sophisticated as little people to be able to do this. Thing is, at some point they outlive their usefulness. And we all have both this inner wise one, this inner Yoda and inner saboteurs. So sometimes when that comes up, that worrying, whatever it is, pause and say, oh, you can almost tell that there's a different cadence and a different rhythm and a different um, identity to the voice and just becoming aware of like, oh, it's interesting. I hear this is, you know, that sounded very fast. Was it yours? Is that your, what, what is that? And getting really, really curious about the worry. What is that? What is that voice? What is that voice telling you? Where'd it come from? What is it trying to do? 
you know, so curiosity, awareness, and then curiosity, and then also guiding, do you have other voices within? Or really, we all have a beautiful, wise voice, where you call your highest self, whatever name you want to put to it, your inner CEO, you can give it whatever name you feel most comfortable with, but we all have that. And it's learning to identify what it sounds Mm. like, what it feels like in your body and to connect to it. Because that our inner saboteurs will come up usually when we're on the precipice because it's trying to keep us safe. So it's really a good sign. If all of a sudden that inner voice is like, hey, hey, don't do that. Yeah. Careful. Come back. Come back. Get to the couch. Let's watch another <laughs> Netflix episode. Let's chill. No, no, you don't want to do that. Like, like, when all of those thoughts kind of yeah. get activated. Yeah. It is because it's, it's not all the time. Most of the time it's because you're on the cusp of big change. It's a risk you're about to take. And it's at that point. So just being aware that, hey, that voice is going to get activated. I like that. When you're about to transform, when you're about to change, because it's just trying to keep you safe. That's okay. So how do you want to be back to choosing your response? How do you want to be with the voice when it comes up? What might it need to hear? What might you need to say? What do you want to choose? Because you can listen to it or not. That's up to you. You got the choice. The voice will come up, the worry, the anxiety, whatever it might be. And you, you, you're given a choice. You get to listen to it or not. So that's usually what I take my clients through. And then it's about really connecting to intuition, connecting to that yeah. other side, that other part of you that knows, because we all have that. And I had a wonderful um, supervisor, coaching supervisor who said, do you know what, Pia? In my experience, and he's like 70, he's been coaching for like, I don't know, 40 something years. He said, in my experience, yeah, all people are searching for one thing, to know what's right for them. Hmm. That's really good. I love that. Yeah. Right? And to know what's right for you is often a feeling that it's, it's cultivating a certain relationship with your inner knowing. To know, yep, that's for me or mm, no, not for me. And it's usually somatic. It's in your body. It can be a very felt sense. You know, we talk about gut feeling. And so it's about practicing that, strengthening that muscle instead of strengthening the inner saboteur. You get to choose. Yeah, I love that. And I think this is great for us as we're kind of approaching the the back end of our, our time together. You know, we were talking about trends. We were talking about what's on the forefront. And I love, and, and just before I get into the, the last segment of our interview, you, I love this concept of the, the inner Yoda saboteur and this kind of dichotomy that we <laughs> yeah. live in and most of us. And I know for me, at least, I, I have experienced that many times in my life where I, I, I am so in tuned with what feels right to me. And then I find that the more attuned I get to what's right for me, this saboteur comes out. And it's like, okay, great. You discover that. Now it's time for you to like, as you can see, you know, for those of you who are watching, you see the couch right over my left shoulder. You know, it's like, oh, you can go sit over there and like watch on your TV screen, you know, and, and you've already figured it out. You got, you got in tuned with your Yoda, but like, just go hang out for a little bit, you know, you're done. And I think it's so interesting that comes up right when you have the breakthrough or the realization. And the key is to kind of push past that. When you get the answer, it's to push past that. So I, I love that concept. And thank you for sharing that. Um, and also sure. love this. We're all searching for what's right for us. That's, you know, that's kind of the journey of life. I love that too. 
on the back end of this segment, as we're as we're winding down, as I mentioned before, we were talking about trends, and we were talking about tribalism and community and, and private community. You had actually had mentioned that, and I and I have been having a lot of thoughts about this because what I'm noticing is is that it was groupthink in the beginning stages of the internet. Everybody was sourcing the the same information, and now with 2023, at the time of recording this interview, we're now seeing. Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and the rise of decentralized platforms. We're seeing more autonomy for creators. We're seeing more people trying to figure out ways to get their own people who are all like-minded and build these uh, build these private communities, whether it's on Telegram or Discord or you know Signal, you name it. And you had mentioned that you you are seeing that private communities. You are seeing these coaches and entrepreneurs building that. Talk to me about the rise of this private community. Why do you think this is something we're all going to be focusing on? Or maybe not all, but um, a majority of creators are looking to focus on building the private community. Well, we can put that and we can question that. Mm, Yeah. Are the majority of creators doing that? It seems to be something that's on trend for 2024. But, um, you know, let's see how that takes off. Because I guess if you think of cohorts or whatnot, you know, there have been these sort of, well, we could just ask what makes a community, but that's a whole other can of worms (laughs) because there's a difference between getting a group of people together and actually creating community. And what does that even mean? Is it one person that creates that? No, I would argue it's everyone who has to feel like they're a part of it. And I think that's challenging for a lot of people. How do you actually create a real vibrant, thriving and, you know, giving community? It's not, of course, has to be facilitated to a certain extent. But what do I see? I see that a lot of people are looking for connection. So instead of having sort of this huge, you know, depth and breadth, you know, it's really getting people that are and it's like-hearted, like-minded, who really need whatever medicine it is you have to give and to grow and to share and to develop in in a smaller community has a lot of power. Especially given algorithm changes, things way beyond our people's con- creator's control, it also feels good to be able to have different platforms where you really connect to your people. Even, yes, tribalism, but also just a sense of we're here together no matter what happens, this continues in this way. You know, because there's a lot of people that I used to connect with, I don't even see anymore in X. Mm. <laughs> I don't know where they are unless I actively search for them. And then also, how do I get even beyond the circles that I have, which is with algorithm changes, are getting even more difficult. And so I think people just want to have a little bit more control about how they do that, what they sign up for, and also a feeling of safety, I would imagine. That just seems sort of logical where you're safe to share even more and reveal more and really support each other as you journey together to do, to build, to create whatever the intention of the community is. So that, in one way, makes sense to me. Email is another way, but it's more of a one-way communication, right? So in this way, it's, it's you know, really a dialogue. So I could see that having a lot of potency. I don't necessarily see it replacing big public platforms, but I could see the draw, the pull, and even the necessity for it. I, I I also think that two-way conversations are going to be more emphasized in, in 24. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think people are craving to interact with these creators that they follow online. And I think it's also um, 
People want to live in their containers of safety. I think one of the main themes that we've had in our conversations is safety. It's really been people are looking for safety, the fear of unknown. Um, your 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 kind of your spiel about uh, you know floating on a rock at a hundred thousands of miles reminds me of that like Pete Holmes segment, um, the comedian, where he talks about that. He's like, nothing makes sense. Like we're all floating on this rock, like going <laughs> yeah, through a quarter so million miles an hour through space, <laughs> rotating around this big fireball. <laughs> like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. And every no. time I watch that, I just like crack up, and I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's not that nothing matters, but it's most things that you think matter to you don't matter to you. Yeah. I think it's nothing matters and everything matters. Yeah. All at yes. once. Mm-hmm. It's the non-duality piece, right? You know? Where it's, you know, it's everything and anything all at once. Yeah. And just holding it all. And But I really think like when you say that, I almost feel like a soothed, soothing feeling in my body because we're making this all up. No one knows. Let's just like, no one really knows what they're doing. Yeah. Some people have more experience and more expertise. I don't mean it on that level. I just mean everyone is trying to figure it out. And sometimes we can give away our our own authority by thinking someone else knows because we feel uncertain about, I don't know, you know, but, it, but let me say, tell you, like, no one knows. Everyone yeah. just knows what's right for them but no one knows. And we're all just here, vulnerable, figuring it out, making it up as we go along. So why don't you design and make up and create the most beautiful life art project ever? And whatever that looks like for you through your business, through whatever, whatever means of expression, like through creativity, you know, design that life that has meaning for you. Cause you got one. Yeah. I don't know if there are any more. No one knows that, you know? So just chasing what other people have defined as success or power or whatnot is not going to leave you necessarily fulfilled or satisfied because it's not yours. Mm. So the first thing is to figure out what is yours? What is your definition of a life well lived? And can you give yourself the confidence, trust, and time to create the space to do that? I love that. That's, that's so good. You know, and you know, what's funny. I just wanted to pull this out because you mentioned Steve Jobs and we were talking about death and uncertainty and, you know, galaxies. He says, remembering that I'll be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to help me make the big choices in life. Hmm. Because almost everything, all external expectations, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure, these things just fall away in the face of death, leaving only what is truly important. That's powerful. That is that is really good. Right? And then when you look at it from like a brand aspect, it's like, you know, people, I think, overthink brand. And I think they overthink messaging. I think they overthink what they want to do with their life. And they, you know, they they look for that singular purpose where it's very possible you could have multiple purposes that happen in multiple stages of your life. One of the best analogies of life that I've heard is like it's a it's a movie. You know, it's like a it's like mm. a trilogy, right? Or you know, and and Arnold Schwarzenegger, I, I've read his book, Be Useful, and it's such a compelling book because he talks about this as his fourth act. You know, the first act was the bodybuilder. Yeah. The second act yeah. was the actor. The third act was the governor. And now he's in this like social media influencer of like the fourth act where he's leaving his, he's carving out the last, at the end of his, you know, at, at the back nine of his life, so to speak, he's in his seventies and he's kind of carving out, leaving all of this information that he's gathered 
over the course of his life to pass it on to people. And he's like, his, mm. his, his content's great on Instagram. It's very in alignment with who he is, but he's doing it because he wants to help people. So I think it's such a, a beautiful way to, to see things. And I think you brought a lot of light to this conversation. So I want to thank you very much for your time and your energy today. I have one last question for you. On this show, as you know, it's all about authenticity. But go ahead if you have something. I was just going to say, you know, with Schwarzenegger, yeah. you know, he's a keen proponent of visualization. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think he's a great example because he's also very intentional. So even when the odds might have seemed against him, what he grew up in Austria, right? He's Austrian. Yeah. Yeah. It's like in a small town, you know, he had like huge visions for his life and big dreams. And he had a lot of intention and a lot of imagination and courage to just dream the thing. Like, what is it that he wants to do? And what I love to call that is, you know, main main player, main character energy. Mm. It's like, you're, you're, you're not a non-player. Don't be a non-player. Like, you know, you know, step into your main character energy and live it. Like figure out what it is like and what act you're in and what's coming next and have fun while you do it. You know? So I think he's super interesting. I think the same for branding and messaging. Like don't, if it's over orchestrated, if it's overthought, and I do think, and if it's not connected to bigger purpose and values, because that that can be the script. When you anchor into what feels purposeful to you, and I do believe the articulation of it may, might change, but I think the core remains the same throughout your life. If you craft that, and then you connect to what you value most, you combine those two together, and they create the breadcrumbs, the map for your life in many ways. So you create your own life manual and then you add visual vision, visioning, like, what is it? What is, what is the thing I'm doing? And you add these pieces to your, your puzzle and you really step into this agency. Like you are the creative director of your life, man, that's empowering. And it then goes beyond, of course, safety and money is important. I don't want it, whatever, to sound like, of course we need to survive. But once we're past that point, that's kind of where I'm, what I'm talking about. It's like money just enables something. It enables you to do more of what you love. But if you don't know what you love and it's only about the money, you've lost the plot. Because money's not the end goal. The, the thing that it enables is, the feeling is. And really spending time to get in touch with what that is, whether you're building a brand, a business, or designing your life and how seeing how your business can enable that life is key. Man, that's so good. So, I love yeah, I love that Pia. And, and uh, what a great way to transition to my last question for you. There you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know, and uh, and I got to tell you, like this this conversation has been very fulfilling and very empowering. So again, thank you. This has been really wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you for having me. I feel like we could have been talking for hours and that's such a great feeling. It's a feeling of connection. Like every question you ask, there's like so many different avenues. And <laughs> thank you. Thank you for your energy and for holding such um, a safe space for courageous exploration. Yeah, thank you. And and, and that's always my goal is, is to help as many of you out there right now find what's meaningful to you um, and, and really embracing the power of authenticity and the, the role that it plays in our lives. And so... Pia, speaking of which, as we wrap up this conversation, I ask every guest this one question. And so Pia, what does it mean for you to live your truth? To live my truth 
means being aligned with what feels right and expansive. Mm. That's my word for me. Truth is a big one. So if I'm feeling free and connected and in flow, that's how I know I'm on what my path looks like. It doesn't mean it's easy, (laughs) but it feels deeply meaningful. And for me, uh, living my truth is unleashing creativity to help build a better world. My vision and purpose are deeply connected to my truth. And it helps me stay on the the straight and narrow. Um, It guides me and helpful when times are rough and when the sun is out and and when it's storming. So that's what it feels like to me. Expansive. I love that. feels tingly. My body feels open. (laughs) I love Mm. that. It's so good. Pia, thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, your energy, and for sharing your experiences. I really appreciate you. um, And it's been a wonderful conversation. We'll have to have you back on. Thank you so much, Mike, for creating such a wonderful space. I've so enjoyed our talk. As I said before, I felt like it could have lasted for hours, which is a sign of a great connective tissue conversation. Yeah. I really thank appreciate you. you. So thank you for giving me the opportunity. Absolutely. And again, we will have to do uh, round two and then dive a little bit deeper, which is so great. Yes, please. And thanks to all of you for tuning into this week's episode of Live Your Truth Now. If you like what you heard or you like what you're watching right now, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also listen to this episode on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pia, one more thing. Where can people find you? Well, we're going to put the links in the show notes, but I want to make sure you get a quick shout out to uh, where people can track you down. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for the shout. Collective.studio. Collective spelled a bit differently with two Ks, but we'll put it in. Um, That's where you can find out more about what I'm building, about my vision, what I'm up to, and how we can potentially um, have a chat. I always love having coffee, chemistry chats, just to see where people are at and how I can support them to unleash their creativity to build the dream, the brand, or their business. Amazing. And we'll make sure we put those links in the notes. Pia, thank you again. We'll see you all guys next week. Mm-hmm.